Wow. Uh, welcome to week two of Generations. And um, yeah, man, this is good. Hey, let's put our hands together for our first time guests, everybody. Come on, let's celebrate them. Thank you all so much for being with us today. We are grateful for you. Babe, can you give me my water real quick before we get started? Um, well, this is the last time in Highlights history that, um, so you're making history today as you attend, that we will be hosting only two worship experiences. Uh, next Sunday, we're going on to three worship experiences. Come on. Come on. We're going. We're going. And um, it's definitely a step of faith. Uh, but, you know, it's not as much a step of faith as it is strategy and, and, and seeing that we're, we're capping out uh, in our attendance under the current restrictions. And, um, and so we've been at a record pace, I would say, over the past month. And then Easter just kicked that over, like, in a huge way. And so um, a, a good issue is, is that we're capping out in the kids' spaces. Right. And so because of that, um, if you got kids, you're not going to come. Right. You know, but the 1045 has been packed out here uh, in the main. And so we're going to create that third experience. And it's going to be good. And so um, let, let's be ready for that. For, so for those of you who like to sleep in a little bit longer, uh, 1230 is your, is, your, is your get up. Those of you who like to get up at, you know, early, you can get to the 9 a.m. Those of you who love your lunch, you can come to the 1045. And so it's going to be good. And um, we're moving forward. The vision is moving forward. So um, let's start week two today. I want to, um, I want to take a, a few a few steps back. Last week we started with Abraham. Uh, this week we're gonna talk a little bit about Abraham's father, Terah, yeah. or Terah, depending on how you how your tongue rolls. Um, and so let's dive into it here. Genesis eleven, uh, verse twenty-seven says, "This is the account of Terah's family. Um, Terah was the father of Abram. Someone say Abram." Nahor, Haran, and Haran was the father of Lot. Historically, we believe that Haran was uh, Terah's oldest son. And it says this here, but Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans, which is today modern day um, Iraq. Back then it was Mesopotamia and it was resourceful. It was, it was the place to be. You know, we all learned about Mesopotamia back in school. And so this is the area where Abraham is from. And it says that Haran, his brother, died in the land of his birth while his father, Terah, was still living. Meanwhile, Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. The name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. We'll skip down to verse 30. But Sarai was unable, someone say unable, to become pregnant and had no children. One day, Terah took his son, Abram, his daughter-in-law, Sarai, and his grandson, Lot, Haran's child, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed, this is so important, for the land of Canaan. Someone say headed. headed. But they stopped at Haran. And settle there. 
So he was heading to Canaan, but he stopped and settled in Haran. It's interesting how the place where he settled has the same name as the son that he lost. And so if you're not careful, you'll, you'll settle where you were just supposed to stop. Says this here, verse 32, Terah lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. And as is the Lord in typical fashion, if you ever read about like Moses dying, the Bible says, and he called Joshua, like God just kind of keeps it moving. We're human. We, we have to deal with loss. We have to mourn. We have to go through the things. But God's like, I'm an eternal God. Let's just, let's keep going, you know. <laughs> The Lord, verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 1, had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family. Go to the land that I will show you. He, this is the emphasis today. If you're going to take notes, Genesis 12, 2, this is what we're going to lean into. He says, I will make you into a great nation. Someone say great. great. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now, this is a messianic prophecy about Jesus Christ. And we know the blessing that Christ is throughout the world. He's available to everybody. And so this is about God saying, I'm going to bring the Savior of the world through your family lineage. Okay. And it says this here in verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all his wealth, his livestock, all the people he had taken into his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up a camp beside the Oak of Moray. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Verse 7 in conclusion. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you this land. I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to to him. I want to bring a message to you entitled. It's not too late to be great. It's not too late to be to be great. Keep bringing it, Frank. You're keeping me up here, man. It's the Holy Spirit and it's Frank right now. Because this ain't like a, you know, we're not going to stand back here and give you three points and we're going to flow today. Y'all ready? So, so Terah was an idol worshiper and, and he manufactured statues for idol worshipers. It's how he made his living. And uh, it's not stated clearly in the Bible, Lisa, but the Bible says he was headed for Canaan. And he lost his son and the Bible says that he stopped. And he settled. And so why would you leave Ur of the Chaldeans? I mean, your business is there. You're thriving there. There's no famine. There's no drought. Why are you going down to Canaan? What's the reason for that? And we don't see it explicitly in the scripture. But what I like to believe is I like to believe that God was already tugging his heart to get to Canaan. I think God was tugging at Abram's father. Actually, before he started to tug at Abram. Wow. Remember the series, Generations, right? Yeah. And if, if you really read your Bible, you'll understand that, uh, you know the great flood, Noah, right? 
God restarted the entire world with Noah. Noah had three sons, Ham, Sham, and Japheth. And, and the, the person that was going to be the progenitor of the Jewish nation or the Hebrew people was Sham. And so if you read the lineage, um, Brandon, you'll read Noah, you'll read about Sham, and then it says Sham's descendants. And it gets all the way down, just like Jabez last week, and it gets down to Terah. So, so, so God was tugging Terah to be that person, that one man that was going to actually start this process of bringing Jesus into the world. But he loses a son and he gets stuck there. The Bible says he dies in a place called Haran. And so now, because you died in the place of your greatest potential, potential, <laughs> potential, we, we all got potential. Yeah. You ever seen someone with a lot of potential? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you died in the place of potential, I got to skip you. And now I got to call Abram because it's still through sham that I'm going to bring Jesus into the world. All right. And so what we see here is. Is, is Abram taking on that baton of that calling? And he promises to make Abram great. Someone say great. 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 Anyone want to be great? Show of hands. Show of hands. You want to be great. Show of hands, great, 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 great. We're going to define greatness this way. Go ahead and write this definition down. Greatness is to do better and go further than previous generations. It's to do better and go further than previous generations. And there are two things that undermine greatness. The first thing that we see in the text is, number one, generational loss. Generational loss. We, we've all, I mean, it's a part of being in a broken world. We've all lost someone or something or some opportunity or some business. Um, mom and dad lost something. Someone, grandma, grandpa, great grandma. It, it's all, it's a part of life all the way since Adam, right? We've all lost something. And what determined whether or not our lineage was going to move forward into everything that God had promised them was their response to loss. And so generational loss undermines greatness. Why? Because if you don't respond correctly to loss, you will then experience the second thing. Go ahead and write this down. Generational settling. So it's okay to lose something. Sometimes that's out of your control. There's nothing Tarah could have done to, to save to save Haran. There's nothing you could have done to save that relationship. There's nothing you could have done to cause 2020 to be any different. Yeah. And now you're dealing with the residual effects of it now in 2021. There's nothing you could have done. But the question is, is how are you responding to the challenge, to the situation? And are, are you going to, okay, that's good. And are you going to cause it to, 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 to cause you to, to settle, allow it to cause you to settle? Because simply put, some people check out emotionally and mentally and psychologically and spiritually way before they start the process of physically dying. And I just like to believe that God was tugging Terah to go to Canaan because it's where, it's where Jerusalem was going to be. And I think before he actually died physically, I think Terah became somber. 
I think Abraham saw a distinct difference in his father when he was a child. You know, this dad whose business is booming and he loves his sons, he loves his daughters and, and he's thriving and, and he's making it. And Abraham grows up as a, as a young man and as a little boy and he sees this happy father. And then he loses Haran and he begins to see his father kind of take a change of pace. He doesn't recognize him anymore. Many of us, we, our, our parents were great growing up. But as the trials of life started to hit him, they took a different form. Because of how they responded. And so generational settling will undermine greatness. Many people in our lineage settled for a normal lot in life. They were living, but they weren't fully alive. And so this is crazy. If, if you do a, a reading or, or a study of, of biblical terms, you've got to get you a concordance to bless your life. The name Terah in the Hebrew, Abram, Abram's dad, Terah in, in the Hebrew means delay. Wow. Someone say generations. generations. Means delay. His father's name was delay. So what hovered over his life as soon as he came out of the womb was a spirit of delay. And what was attached to him, peer to peer, sibling to sibling, his brother's name, Haran, in the Hebrew, means barrenness. So what was attached to his lineage was the inability to produce. Is this too deep? Do I need to teach water baptism, repentance, salvation? You sure? Do I need to back it up? Okay. So what was attached to him was barrenness. And then it says Sarai, watch this, who was his half-sister. Because back in that day, you had to allow certain relationships to happen. God allowed, you know, half-sister and all this stuff to happen to populate the earth. Who was his half-sister was, what did we just read? Unable to get pregnant. So I got delay hanging over me and barrenness within me. And, and then you have a God who comes along in verse 2. <laughs> and he has the audacity because he is God. And anything is possible, no matter how old you are. If you're still breathing, anything is possible. Anything is possible. You have a God who comes along in verse 2, and this is what we're going to hang on today, who says... I will make you, I will, not you, not the industry, not this, not that, but I will make you into a great, a great nation. And it says this here in Galatians 3.29. I love this promise. It says, and now that you belong to Christ, someone say belong. You are the true children of Abram, Abraham, and you are his heirs. So an heir is, is someone who receives a blessing or an inheritance that is passed down. And it says this here, and God's promises to Abraham belong, someone say belongs, belongs. to you. So, 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 so greatness just didn't stop with Abraham. And if you're in Christ, the promise of greatness belongs to you. So we need to do two things, okay? We need to understand, number one, here it is, 
Go ahead and write this down. The power of agreement. Someone say agreement. Agreement. The Bible says, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you. This is Moses talking to the children of Israel and now to us that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children, someone say children. Children. He's a generational God, may live. So if you don't choose life, I'm going to give them the opportunity to choose it. And that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will, give you, he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Decisions are big. They, they have huge implications. Like this, so, so, so there's the law of sowing and reaping. So like the decisions you make today, you'll reap the benefit or the consequence tomorrow. I was talking to you a little bit about this yesterday, son, right? Like it's, it's, it's the, and, and there was breakthrough in that car. You know what I mean? And, and it was great. We had a good old heart to heart talk, you know, just, just teaching them, you know, honor your mother, honor your mother, honor your mother, because I've seen the result of kids who don't honor their mother and, and where they end up at in the future. Like God is serious about that stuff, man. And so we got decisions that sit before us every day. And every generation has two decisions to make. You either can choose life or you can choose death. For Abram, you got to see it this way. Abram, there's Abram's path. And there's God's path. It's never like mixed. It's never like Abram's and God's. Right? It's... Is Abram's or it's God's? All right, hold on. It's Terah's, Abram's, and Haran's or it's God's. You know what I mean? It's, all right, let me. It's, it's, it's Abram's thinking, which will lead to delay. It's Abram's way, which will lead to barrenness. It's Abram's whatever, which will lead to loss. Or it's Genesis 12, 1 through 4. It's God's way that's going to lead to land, portion, expansion, power, blessing, greatness, salvation, joy. It's my way. I know the Reading way. You know what I mean? And maybe if you're a Smith, the Smith way. Or the Tran way. Or the Torres way. Or the Yuri way. Or the, you know what I mean? Who else? The Rivera way. Or it's God's way. There's no in between, like, so, so for me, I'll, I'll put me out there, you know, I'll be, because I always teach, you know, you got to be transparent, so, you know, uh, you know, the pastor got to be transparent in order for the church to be transparent, so, it's the Reading way, and I know my way, I was raised in my way, I love my family, I love you, if you're watching, I love you, but you know our way, you know our way, I know the Reading way, it's the Reading way, the Reading way, hard-headed. 
stubborn, prideful, women, cars, money, fashion, brokenness, dysfunction, betrayal, lies. I know my way. But at 19, I had a decision. Life or death. And in October of 2016, life presented itself. 2006, sorry. And I chose God's way. And that way has been growth and peace and joy and wisdom and strength and power and impact and influence wholeness and you have before you every single day Abram had a choice to make do I stay in Haran or do I step out on faith and take God's path there's a choice and you you got to come into agreement someone say agreement Agreement. So, so biblically, here it is. Just write this down. This was what is called the Abrahamic covenant. And, and th- this was a unilateral covenant, which means that one party was responsible for bringing it to pass. And that one party was going to be God. All God needed was, was agreement. He, he, didn't need, he didn't need Abraham to be perfect. He didn't need him to stop cursing. He didn't need him to stop smoking. He didn't need him to stop drinking. He, he didn't need him to stop any of that. And, and Because as Abraham agreed and as Abraham trusted God, God would work all of that stuff out of him. And, and so it's, 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 just, it's just really give, give God your life and I'm going to make you great. Jesus put it this way. These are the words of Christ. Matthew 7 says, Go in through the narrow. Someone say narrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Narrow. Narrow gate. The gate to destruction is wide. And the road that leads there is easy to follow. A lot. Someone say a lot. A lot of people go through that gate, Jesus says. Forget Genesis. We're talking about Jesus now. This is, this is it. But the gate to life, someone say life, life, is very narrow. The road that leads there is so hard to follow that only a few people, someone say few, few. find it. Only a few. So like, it's wide. The road that leads to destruction is wide. Like, and he says it's easy. It's easy to be pessimistic. Put it to you this way. We're all going to be offended. That's inevitable. We're all going to experience loss. The the question is, is how do you respond to being offended? Because if you're offended... And you respond to it a certain way, it then becomes an offense. And it's easy to be bitter. 
That's a wide road. It's easy to be pessimistic, to be negative. Oh my God, it's Monday. Thank God it's Friday. That's a wide road. Right. And so Abram, Abram lived in a polytheistic society where it was many gods, many gods. It was the God of the sun. It was the God of the water. It was the God of the plants. It was the God of the harvest. It was the God of this. It was God of that. And everyone was following all these different gods down this wide path to destruction. You know what I mean? It's like the God of CNN and the God of Fox News and the God of Instagram and the God of Facebook and, and the God of this and the God of bickering and the God of gossip and the God of this. And it's a wide road. And it's easy. You ever notice how easy it is to gossip about someone? And it just feel good. Because your flesh. It, it feel good. Tell me, tell me a little more, girl. Mm. You know, I thought the same thing about them. And there you go. You just own. You own one is what they call it these days. It's easy and it's wide. But few people find that narrow. I think of it like um, we, we've been traveling a lot as a family, and, and so I was studying, and I'm like, that's a, great, that's a great illustration. That's a great analogy. I wish I had an airplane in there. I think of it like um, it wouldn't fit, but whatever. I wish I, wish I had an airplane. Like when, you, when they call your group to board the plane, group B, got to get your, and what do you have to do as you're boarding the plane? You got to stand up and you got to get behind the person because the plane is going to take you to your destination. The the plane is going to give you the ability, make, 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 make it possible for you to get to where you want to be. Make, I'm going to make, it's going to make it possible for you to get to where, but we can't all get on at the same time. It's a narrow entry right group b you have to get behind somebody you have to come in agreement with the order you have to come into agreement with the plan you have to obey the process of being made great and it's narrow and you may not get first class you may be in coach you may be all the way in the back but you follow the leader and you boarded the plane and you get to your destination every single time and that's what Jesus is saying is I need you to agree that it's not your way it's my way that's going to make you great the second thing is you have to understand the process of number two development Development. This is the way I see it. Abram is 75. God said, number one, you're already starting kind of, kind of late there. God, like, Abram's like, bro, we're going to start this now. He could have caught me about 50 years ago. You know, here it is. Maybe you need to draw this on your paper. Current position. Promise and destination. Current position. Promise and destination. I'll do it again. Current position. Make you great until a great nation bless you. Between where you currently are and where God has promised you that he wants to take you. He also promised it to your parents. 
Maybe they were unaware. He promised it to grandma. Maybe they were unaware. Grandpa, he promised it to all of them. Between where you are and where you want to be and what God has for you, there's what we call, and you're not going to like this word, process. Or the process of development. I mean, man, you, you really got to read this stuff, man. Someone say the Bible is fun. The Bible is fun. Someone say the Bible is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you really got to read this stuff because Genesis 12, um, um, hey, I'm going to make you great and blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, let's do it. And it says he left, woohoo, greatness, promises, healing, blessing, yeah. Genesis 13. You know that hard-headed nephew he took with him, Lot? Because I think God said, Genesis 12, verse 1, leave your family. But that's how we do, though. You know what I'm saying? Like It's like Abraham's way, God's way. I'm with you, God. I'm with you, Lord. Come on, Lot. You know that hard-headed nephew he took? Family problems. I promise you this, family issues. Um, Lot's herds were growing. Abraham's herds were growing. There was tension in the camp. And um, Abraham's like, look, bro, um, nephew, we, we, can't, we can't live like this. Like, you go left and I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left, whatever. And the Bible says that Lot saw the plains of Zoar before Sodom and Gomorrah was burnt. And he saw the green. And, and on the other side was dust. It was Canaan. So, so Lot saw with physical eyes, and Abraham was just like, wherever you want to go, I'm good, because God's promised me something great. Abraham saw dust, and, and he understood, like, that's, that's my promise, right? So in a lot of ways, that's how we deal with God. It's like, God, what, what do you want to do in my life? Because unless I see it, I can't trust you, right? But, but you know what I mean? And so that family issues, that's number one. Genesis 15, Abraham's like 85, So about 10 years later. So 10 years, you think you'll be here, right? About right there. <laughs> 10 years later, Abram's tripping. He's like, Lord, Eleazar of Damascus, the servant of my household, is going to inherit everything I have. Doubt starts to set in. Because you think after 10 years, should be here. Genesis 16. So timing, doubt. Genesis 16. They still haven't had a son. Sarai is still barren. And she gets this great idea. She says, take our servant girl, Hagar. Have a kid with her. Y'all follow me? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I got to stick with eyes that aren't wondering. Uh, uh, Miss Lisa. Take our servant girl. Because this is the problem. We just think it's here and it's jumping here. So you're going to leave here not saying that this is the greatest message you've ever heard like you normally do because you, you don't, you, that's, that's the way we think right now. Is we're, we're living in an Instagram culture, right? It's like 90 seconds and it's like, yeah, God, I, I want that. I want that house. I, I want that marriage. I want that man. I, I, want, I want that business. I want that thing. I want that breakthrough. Yeah, we won't get much claps on this, right? So, yeah. And so she has this grand idea because we always get these ideas when we think God is not working, right? We always get these, we always get this. 
and, and now we dancing, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll always get these grand ideas, you know what I mean? And it's like, how about you, you, uh, how about you sleep with Hagar and, and she can bear me a child? It ain't your child. And then the brother did it. I mean, you know, can you blame him, you know? We got kids in here. See, uh, this is funny. Y'all ain't laughing. He did it. They had the kid, named him Ishmael. He'll be the progenitor of the Islamic faith. So now 4,000 years later, we're still, because God said he is going to be uh, uh, tentious. He's going to cause problems, and he will go against every nation of the world. And so now we're still having race, you know, no, uh, holy wars and all this stuff because of that one decision that she made. And so this, this was her response after the child was born. She came to him, family problems. She came to him and she said, it's your fault. Timing issues, doubt, people issues, financial issues. Anyone want to be here? But can anyone relate to all those things? Yeah. More than you want to. And then Genesis 17, the Bible says, and Abram was 99 years old and still had not had a son. 24 years. And this is the thing that blows my mind as I read scripture. I'm always asking, especially with these promises, where was God? He was just sitting back, letting it all happen. That's what he was doing. He was sitting back and he was letting it all happen. James chapter one. Y'all okay? Yeah. Consider it a sheer gift, friends. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides. So he's telling us how to look at it. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Someone say prematurely. prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well developed, not deficient in any way. Stop trying to just don't don't do that. He's developing something in you. God, God's allowing it to to happen. Here it is. Psalm. It says this here. Who may climb? Someone say climb. To the mountain of the Lord. Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. Who do not worship idols and never tell lies. Here it is, verse 5. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. You ever prayed those prayers, Lord, purify my heart? Purify my mind? And then what does God do? It hurts because he sends purifying situations. Who shall ascend or climb the mountain. <laughs> who, who shall? So I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a great nation. And uh, who shall ascend? Those who have clean hands and a pure heart. So now I got to send situations 
that you're going to be forced to respond to by faith that the previous generations did not. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 Because it's, it's all in how Abram responds to the loss. That will determine if he's going to grow through it. So if any of these things are resident with you and you understand them and you've been affected by any of them, I just want to encourage you. Right now is the season to, to lean in, to lean into prayer. These are three things you can run down. Lean into prayer. Lean into prayer. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Lean into worship. Lean into the scripture. And I'm telling you what God is doing. God is killing things in you if you allow him to. That has existed in your lineage for generations. So, so this is the deal. We read some will say Sarai could not get pregnant. And we think that God was the one who was preventing her from getting pregnant. It's not true. She had a, she had a medical condition. She had a medical condition. What God did was he used the situation as a development tactic to see if Abraham and Sarai really trusted him and really had faith in him. And then when they felt as though it was too late and it really wasn't going to happen, that's when God showed up because it proved and it tested and it purified their faith in God. It is development. You can't not just go from here in any situation in life and jump to here. It's going to be a process. It's going to be development. It's going to be growth. Something has to die. Negativity, pessimism, a lack of faith, attitude. It all has to die. Addiction has to die. It has to die. Or you can't go. It has to die. It lived in your dad. It lived in your granddad. It lived in your great granddad. And it has to die with you. And Christ has given you that power. It's promised over your life. I'm looking at a room, a room filled with promises. But it's how you see the tough seasons. And it's how you allow the spirit to work in you. To make you look more like Christ. This is Old Testament. Abraham would know this. Now we know it. It was the sanctification process to look more like Jesus. And this is what I've come to find out. We focus on destination. God is focused on development. When am I going to get there? When am I going to get there? When am I going to get there? God's like, I'm focused on making you great. Not giving you great. Because if I give you great and I don't make you great, you won't be able to handle the weight. Ah. And it's a poverty mentality to think that God is withholding something from us. The Bible says that God is not slack in his promises. He's not slow. And so maybe I need to start seeing obstacles as opportunities 
to ask the Lord, what, 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 what part of me do you want to look more like Jesus? There's something you're trying to kill in my flesh and in my generational lineage right now. Maybe it's patience. Maybe it's the way I talk. I don't know what it is, Lord. But God's not withholding it. He's trying to put the thing that's preventing you from getting there to death. Is it struggle or is it strength? (laughs) Let's go to Romans 4. Y'all okay? Sobering, huh? But in a good way. I see every day something in me, man. I'm almost, what, 15, 16 years into following the Lord. And it's like every day there's something in me that the Holy Spirit shows me. That was a part of that side of your family. And unless I can have that, you won't get there. You're saved. You're going to heaven. But you're 34. And I got a lot of years ahead of you. That came from mom's side. That came from dad's side. I want to kill that. And the goodness that's in you, I want to pass it on to your kids. And this is why when we read in Deuteronomy, hundreds of years after Abraham, Moses is able to reflect back to, because it's possible to pass the good on to our kids. He said, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So it lasted at least three generations, the good. He didn't say the God of Terah and cut it off. No, you have the ability to pass on. The good, and it says this here in Romans 4. I'm fighting for something. Highlight Church has a state to cover. We got thousands of people to reach. We got millions of dollars to move around. We got people to set free in Jesus' name. We got partnerships with cities. We got the White House we're going to. I'm going after something, and everything in me that's not of Christ must die. It has to die. It has to die. Because the promise is too great. And I'm here for it. Give me a middle school, we'll move to a storefront. Give me a storefront, we'll buy some land. Give me some land, we'll take a city. Give me a city, we'll take a state. And in every season, something has to die. We never hear of Terah, but we hear of Abraham. Because he allowed God to do the work. And I'll show it to you here in Romans 4. 4,000 years after Abraham, Paul talks about the father of our faith. Says this here, Romans 4 verse 18. Even when there was no reason for hope. Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. Pastor Josh, what makes you think 
we can launch 20 locations in the state. I see it. It's a promise. What makes you think that one day this church can give away $20 million to local outreach? I see it. What makes you think we're ready to move to a third service and there are still four rows open? I already see people in the lobby. Even when he had no reason to hope, he hoped. And the word faith in the Greek, the Greek is pistai, and it means to be persuaded. I'm persuaded. And that's where God wants to get you. He wants you to be persuaded in the thing that he showed you in your heart. But you can't do it your way. You got to do it God's way. He hoped when there was no reason to. And it says this here. That's how many descendants you will have. Verse 19. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced That Torah, that himself, that God is able to do what he promises. I truly do believe, guys, we got maybe two or three more weeks in this series, and I need you to catch what heaven is trying to do in your heart. But because, you know, we move on to the next word and to the next message and to heaven is trying to release something in your spirit and in your soul through this series. That's going to change the trajectory of generations in your family and whatever needs to die in you so that faith can arise. Let God have it today. Do not walk out of here with anything that's holding you back today. God has great promises for your life. Let's stand to your feet. Let's stand to your feet. And let's pray. Father, we love you. We give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. Uh, We thank you for this word. We receive this word. And we ask that you would Give us the grace to just trust you, to lean into you, God. Give us the grace to follow you, Lord. Not to be perfect. You'll work it all out, but Lord, just help us to, to follow you, Lord. And God, I even pray for an increase of faith right now, that you'll increase the faith of your people. God, I pray that you would release vision, into their heart. 
God, that when they're asleep, you would give them dreams, lead them, guide them, protect them. Now, with every head bowed, if there's anyone in here who does not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I just want to tell you that God loves you. There is no condemnation. You are forgiven. And God sent his son to die on a cross so that you can have a fresh start. So right now, if, if, if you're saying, God is, God is drawing me in. Josh, I want to give the Lord my heart. I want to give the Lord my life. What I want to do is I want to give you that opportunity and then we're going to pray a prayer. If you want to come to Jesus Christ today, I want you to go ahead and just raise a hand. Raise a hand. I'll be your witness, having to be your witness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. You can put that hand down. God bless you. You are saved. God loves you. God loves you. Church, in support of those who raise their hands, let's pray this prayer of salvation. Come on. Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I thank you for raising him from the dead. I ask that you would forgive me. I repent from my sin and I give you my life. I ask for the gift of your spirit in my heart. I am yours in Jesus name. Amen. Come on church. Let's celebrate that. Love you.